Please be advised that although this show features real experts, the story, characters, and incidents portrayed in this program are fictitious. What will you do when your father and I are gone, huh? Spend all your money and forget about your family? Hello, we're calling to inform you that your checking account has a negative account balance of $25. You're better than this. Don't be sorry. No. Please. No. Be responsible. Ah! 7.30 already? I need some tea. Good morning. You're up early. I noticed that as well. <laughs> You've got jokes this early? How long have you been awake? It's not how long I've been awake that matters. It's how I woke up and it wasn't like Beyonce. What happened? I had a terrible nightmare. Do you remember any of it? Most of it, yeah. What happened? It just felt like a flashback reel to all the disappointing stuff that's happened over the last few months. My mom was in it, Lola, you. And the strangest part was this giant tooth dressed up in rags begging for money on the corner. I figured that was about my root canal. A homeless tooth? Strange indeed. Lola and I were in it too? Doing what? Telling me to get my shit together. Doesn't sound too different from your actual life. Too soon, Jay. Too soon. Listen, I'm not mad anymore, okay? You may not be mad, but I still feel bad. Well, that's understandable. I'd be a little concerned if you didn't. <laughs> exactly. Look, you're making some new positive changes in your life. I see you, Rumi. Don't sell yourself short. You haven't been going out that much. You're still making payments to Lola. Still going to therapy. You haven't been late on rent. And today, you're joining me for some much-needed community service. You are still coming, right? Oh, 100%. What time is it again? 12 p.m. And what are we doing again? We're joining the local senior center at the community garden today. My Aunt Dawn invited us. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm really looking forward to it. You should be. Auntie Dawn is amazing, and she's expecting us to pick up the heavy stuff and get dirty. Oh, I thought it was going to be more of a casual type of garden day. You know, watering and tasting type of vibe? There's nothing casual about gardening, Jojo. Plants don't grow without hard work and intentions. I guess I could use some of that. You guess? Once again, too soon. All right, well, you might want to head back to bed and get a couple more hours of sleep. You're going to need all the energy you can give. <sighs> what time are we leaving? Let's circle back here at 11.30. Perfect. See you then. See ya. Oh, don't forget to bring your sunscreen and a hat too. But that's not an invitation to go shopping. Hardy har har, not funny. I'm Jojo, your new broke bestie living, working, and playing in New York City. Like many of you, I'm trying to figure out my finances while staying fabulous and without becoming an incredible bore. Every week, You'll get a scoop into my real life as I learn new financial tips and tricks from some financially savvy friendsperts and some certified financial experts. It's not easy being financially responsible, but I know it's time to make changes from the shit show that I've been up to. 
This is Sense in the City, episode six, Flirty and Fire. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, looks like that new sorbet spot is opening up soon. We should check it out when it opens. Hmm, a delight for all the non-dairy baddies? I'm down. So, we never really got to talk about your trip with Lola. No, we didn't. So, what happened? We went. Well, obviously, but like, did anything happen? I mean... It was just the two of you. Why? Did Lola say something? No, no. She didn't say anything. I'm just curious. If... If it brought your friendship any closer, you know? (laughs) What are you really asking me? Did you two kiss? Yes. Oh my gosh. And I'm only telling you this because I know you will keep this private. But of course. Of course. So, what now? I'm not sure. I mean, I have so many follow-up questions. Did you kiss more than once? Did you spend the night in each other's rooms? Are you dating now? I can't answer any of those questions. Can't or won't? I actually can't. Lola and I kissed right before we got off the train back here in New York. We both went to hug each other goodbye, and then it just happened. We haven't spoke about it since. How romantic! You kissed on the train platform? Is Penn Station romantic? My two besties kissing on the train platform is romantic. That is a fact. Well, I'm going to go over her place this afternoon to talk about it. Ooh, sexy, sweaty gardener vibe. (laughs) I didn't even think about it like that. You're gonna go there and tell her you've got some fertilizer for her soil? Oh, you have got to chill. (laughs) Can you keep your sexual fantasies to yourself for a couple hours? We're here. Is that my nephew? Auntie! How is my favorite nephew doing? And who is this? Auntie, meet Jojo. Jojo, this is Auntie Dawn. Nice to meet you, Auntie Dawn. Nice to meet you as well. Please call me Auntie. If you're a friend of my nephews, you're family to me. Y'all ready to get to work? Yes, Auntie. Put us to work. All right, Jay. You go ahead over there with the fellas and start moving those big bags of soil. Jojo, you come with me. On it. And Jojo, 
I'd like for you to help me replant some plants in need. Whoa. What happened to these? I can't even tell what they're supposed to be. I mean, this is supposed to be okra, but it's kind of had a tough start. What happened to it? From the look of it, it needs some water, needs sun, and needs good soil. Sometimes things don't start off on the right foot for plants, but that doesn't mean we can't turn things around for them. Hmm. And how would you know if it was ever too late for a plant to thrive? Oh, Jojo, it's never too late for a plant to thrive. Even if we were to throw these into the compost to let them decompose, they would end up making new rich soil for new baby okra to thrive. So there's no such thing as a lost cause? Oh no. There's no such thing as a lost cause for anything that has purpose. And everything on this here earth has purpose. Here, fill this dirt. It feels so dry. That's right. So we'll add some water. Now go ahead and grab some of that soil to your left. Grab a handful, mix it in. Auntie, why do you believe in this plant so much? What if it's not meant to be anything special? Things are only special when you care about them. Growth only happens when you pay attention. So here I am, caring and paying attention. Do you do this full time? Honey, I don't do anything full time. I'm retired. Oh wow, congratulations. Thank you so much. 20 years in this New York City Sheriff's Office, and then about 25 more years as a care home provider. Wow, that's 45 years of work. That's what's on record. I've been working since I was 13. Did you always know you'd retire? <laughs> oh Lord, no. It wasn't until I was about 35 that I started thinking about it seriously. Really? Oh yeah, girl. You think I'm fine now? I was hurting them back in 72. Designer bags, shoes, and clothes. I was young, free, and fly. I wasn't thinking about anybody but myself. So what changed? I started my family in 74. I was 31. Jay's uncle Gerald was born, and I realized that if I wanted my child to thrive, I needed to give him the same thing we're giving this okra, an opportunity to grow. So you didn't start to save for retirement until you were in your 30s? I mean, I had a couple of dollars saved up, but no. I didn't start saving until I was in my 30s. And let me tell you, 30 or 35 years of saving really did it for me. So maybe I'm not as behind as I think. Behind? A young like you? What are you, 20? Add another six on that and you've got it. Oh yeah, you're golden. Plus your generation is all about that fire movement. Fire? What's that? Oh, you not hip on that? I keep seeing it on the news. Financial, independence, retire, early. That's it. Oh really? Oh yes. You young old folks are all over that. People talking about retiring in their 30s and 40s? Had I known then what I knew today, girl, I'd be living different. <laughs> young old folks? Yeah, all you middle-aged millennials. Young old folks. <laughs> I love that. Yes, there was this man with a big old mustache on the news talking about it. Mustache looked like the handlebars of my bike in 53. Do you remember his name? Mr. Mustache or Mr. Making Money? Something like that. I'll look it up later. Now, don't get your head lost in the clouds. We just did one. I need you to replant the rest of this bunch. I'll come check on you soon to see how you're doing. Sounds good, Auntie. Treat them with care. It's a new beginning for them. Yes, ma'am. Hopefully, this new beginning energy can rub off on me too.
right, our 30 minute work section is over. We get 15 minutes before our next interval. Wow, that was great. I sent out so many emails. I even sent Pilar that pitch deck I've been putting off since last week. I just wish we could have no meeting Mondays every day of the week. I would get so much more work done if I didn't have to talk to people about getting work done. That's because you're a doer, not a delegator. And trust me, you want to be a doer. You want some water? I'm headed to the kitchen. Yes, please. All right, be right back. Hi, this is Jordan Fillet calling back to confirm my next therapy session appointment with Lindsay Brian Podvin. Sure, yeah, uh, Jordan Fillet. Yeah, for the 19th at uh, 1 p.m. Yeah, I see you right here. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. How much time do we have left? Uh, about 10. Perfect. So, have you ever heard of this fire movement? Yeah, that's the retirement early folks, right? The black millennial dudes and their family moving to Portugal and whatnot? Yeah. I'm so late. I've been researching all weekend. It's wild. Oh, yeah. I've been lightly tapped in for a minute. I'm ready to retire tomorrow. But my bank account doesn't feel the same way. (laughs) I feel you on that. Have you heard of this guy called Mr. Money Mustache? Oh, yeah. He an OG. He doesn't have the mustache anymore, though. Been gone. Yeah, I was on his website, and I was thinking about paying for one of his virtual one-on-one coaching sessions. Oh, wow. (laughs) That would be love. His blog is tough. I remember he had this one article about how to calculate your savings for groceries. I use it to this day. Yeah, he a big deal. If you could do it, I recommend it. Cool. I'm still thinking about it. So Tomas mentioned to me that your one year is coming up soon. How you want to celebrate? You want to celebrate me? Of course. We all do. I might have been sent in to find out what your favorite flavor of ice cream is. It's cookies and cream. But honestly, I can't even do sugar. My pockets and my mouth are still healing. Ah, that makes sense. I'll suggest we get you a nice plant instead. But if we're being honest, the only thing I really want for my one year is the opportunity to discuss a raise. An opportunity? A doer like you deserves the race. You think so? Of course. You're the best associate we have within the company. Everybody knows it. That's really nice of you to say. It's the truth. But unlike this ice cream flavor, I can't speak on your behalf about this. You really need to talk to Tomas and Pilar first, and then Pia from HR. I just feel like if I have to ask for it, it makes it less special, you know? Like asking for a kiss. Hmm. I hear you. But there's a difference between asking someone for a kiss and letting someone know you're ready for one. Promotion and kisses are similar. They both require more responsibility. Oh my God, is he going to kiss me? Part of me wants to say yes, but no, that wouldn't be right. It'll make everything messy. We're coworkers. I have to remember that. We should get back to work. Time's up. So I did it, and I'm about to start my online coaching session with Mr. Money Mustache. I'm kind of nervous. I mean, this guy retired in his 30s, and if my financial life keeps looking like the last few months, I won't even be able to afford getting to 30. 
Hi, Pete. Thank you so much for agreeing to take this call. You know, I've read so much of, of your blog, Mr. Money Mustache, and I'm so excited to learn more about the fire movement and how someone like myself can, you know, can start like on a journey to financial independence and what that looks like. Hey, Jojo. Yeah, thanks for thinking of me. I thought it would be a fun case because uh, it sounds like yours is maybe a bit more challenging than I'm used to. <laughs> Why challenging? Well, I read a bit of your background stuff from our emails, and it uh, sounds like you've kind of gone into this New York City lifestyle with a mixture of uh, like a lot of you know, high accomplishments educationally and stuff like that, but not so many high accomplishments financially yet, to be brutally honest so far. Damn, not Mr. Money Mustache reading me like a book. He's right, though. And it's just because you've had some pretty nice experiences, which certainly has no problem with that. But I'm worried that uh, you expect like that you're going to get used to this too much too early in life, this kind of luxurious thing. And I think uh, at your age, there's a lot of benefit to maybe grinding a little bit and having the low-cost lifestyle for the first few years of your career so you can get established and not have any debt and things like that. I think that's right. And being in New York... It's just so full of comfort everywhere, and it's, like, convenient. And I'm starting to realize that convenience costs a lot of money. So I have a question for you. Do you think I can live a frugal lifestyle in one of the most expensive cities in the country, a.k.a. New York City? Oh, of course. I mean, every there's a large number of people that do it. It's just that it's there's an even larger number who are the super spenders, and those are the ones we hear about, but... You know, being who I am with this uh, this blog of a lot of people who are frugal, getting ahead financially readers, I hear from people in New York City and other expensive places like San Francisco, and there's some amazingly effective tactics to have a really fun life and still not spend everything you earn there. So I just want to see how far you're willing to go down there to get towards your own goals. I'm also very interested to see how far I'm willing to go. To your point earlier about being used to a more luxurious lifestyle, you're totally right. I've got champagne taste, but caprice on money. So how do I start? Where do I even begin to live a more frugal lifestyle so I can begin thinking about my retirement? I mean, you've done a pretty good thing by stumbling across the FIRE movement, which for (laughs) new people stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. But it's also, that's a bit of a marketing gimmick on my part, because Mm -hmm. retirement is like uh, an end of the rainbow situation. And in your stage of life, it can feel maybe like an unachievable thing because it's so far from where you are right now financially. So instead, I just encourage you to think about it as making a profit on a monthly basis if you're running your life like a business. So you've got a certain amount of income, you've got a certain amount of spending, How can you increase the first thing while decreasing the second thing of your spending and then increase your profit margin? Okay. So what you're saying is think of my life as a business. Work to make a profit in my business, a.k.a. my life, and then use that profit to begin saving in order to retire early. Yeah. And the great thing about this is it's not really about early retirement. Initially, it's about making your life better immediately. And that's kind of what I emphasize initially because when it gets down to it, even if you do a really efficient job, like the stuff that I write about on my blog, it still takes like seven to 10 years to go from zero money to enough to retire. That's with a pretty Mm -hmm. high savings rate. And we can get into that math later. Do you have any friends that are interested in 
getting ahead financially too? Or are you the first one in your group to do this? I wouldn't say my friends aren't interested. I just don't think they're in the same kind of financial hole that I'm in. So they're less worried about the way that they spend their money. I will say though that my friend group is definitely the kind to spend money as a part of our social interactions. But it's something that we've been working on recently, so it's still new. And I would definitely be the person bringing this to the group. So if you have a group of friends that are quite spendy and their default thing is to let's go out to the restaurant or let's do bar hopping and stuff, usually they can't afford it either. And they're just doing it because that's what the trend is to do. Uh, what I find is it's quite easy to become the boss in that situation. If you kind of become the social coordinator, just gently like make the suggestions before other people do and say, hey, I'm organizing like sunset in the park on the west side of town and we can watch the sunset and we're going to have some wine and bring some snacks and everything and then we're going to hang out and or walk around in the park or whatever. People love that. People love having stuff organized for them. So if you become the de facto social leader of your little social group, Suddenly you get to call the shots and it's going to be really fun because people do love being outside and they love doing stuff with their friends that's not in a noisy, crowded bar. And it's a win-win because people have more fun, but you're also saving yourself money and you're saving everybody a whole bunch. Like if you get 10 people to not go to the bar, you just saved everybody $100. So you've saved $1,000 of your friend's money just by organizing something fun. I really like that. Because I've been thinking about how I can do something special to show my appreciation to my friends that wouldn't cost a lot of money. Some things went down a few weeks ago, and I definitely want to make them feel like I'm treating them to something special without breaking my bank. So, thank you. Struggling back to retiring and the math calculations to figure out how long it would take to retire, for someone like myself that has no savings, how can I begin to think about retirement and putting money aside for that goal? Let's say you earn $2,000 to make an easy number. You spend $1,500 and you have $500 left. Then that's, that $500 is your savings, which I hope goes into investments. And those investments are going to grow. So just basically you're investing it in conservative stock market index funds, which we can cover later. So what is $500 out of $2,000, it turns out it's a quarter or 25%. So at that moment, you have a 25% savings rate. And I made a little chart on my website. How long is it going to take you if you're saving 25% of your take-home pay until you have enough to retire? It's still a pretty high number. That's going to be like 20 years or something like that. No. But the good news is it becomes quite exponential as you make little improvements in there. 20 years? That's just a little under the amount of years I've been alive now. Can you share how someone might make that happen a little bit faster? Let's say you get a raise and then you figure out your housing situation or your food situation and suddenly you're saving 30%. I advise people to get to 50% pretty quickly, 50% of your take-home pay. And at that point, it takes, hmm, I should have brought my chart with me. I think it's about 16 years from starting out at zero until completely financially independent for life. So if you start at 20, then you're retired at 36. 36. Wow. Peter's really making me think. If I need to be saving more, I'd love to be able to earn more so that I can save. That raise is looking more and more necessary by the minute. So that's sort of what I did 
I was a more of a beginner because I didn't know these equations and numbers back when in, I was in my 20s. But me and my future wife at the time, we were saving a little bit more than that. It was about 60 to 66% as our incomes went up. You know, it was a dual income household and we were living in this natural frugal kind of engineer way. It turns out if you do a 66% savings rate, you are good enough to retire in about nine or 10 years. That's impressive, Pete. And more importantly, that's really inspiring. So that's what I did. Worked roughly from 20 to 30, did the math throughout the years and realized, huh, it's about time to quit now because the passive income from these, you know, these investments is enough to live off for the rest of our lives just from dividends and capital gain and appreciation and stuff like that. Or if you want to think about it in other terms, just imagine you own two rental houses or something and the rent is $1,500 from each of them, and you have those rental houses paid off, then that's $3,000 a month of cash flow you're going to get. And if you can live off $3,000 a month, you're retired. So on top of saving the actual bulk amount to retire, you also need some kind of consistent income to maintain retirement. Is that correct? Right. So you need a source of income that's going to last for the rest of your life and keep up with inflation because your spending is gradually going to rise as the price of products and services rise. This is why I like to use a rental house example, even though you can completely do the same thing with other investments like plain old stock index funds. But if you own a rental house, the rent that you're allowed to charge to your tenants is going to rise right along with inflation, and the value of the house is going to rise as well. Just slowly, you just keep it in good shape so there's some ongoing expenses, but it's going to keep paying for your life basically forever as long as the house continues to exist. So that's an inflation-protected investment. And when you own shares in companies, it's the same thing because I own shares in, like, let's say, Bank of America or something boring. Well, their earnings gradually rise over the years and their dividends gradually rise over the years and it pretty much keeps up with inflation, sometimes faster than that. And as a shareholder in that or thousands of companies like that, you have a pretty darn safe stream of grocery money that you really don't have to think about. And that's really what retirement means to me. It doesn't mean you're not working. It just means you don't have to think about where your, your uh, life money is going to come from. Talking with Pete was exhilarating. Retirement doesn't mean you're not working. It means you don't have to worry about where the money in your life is coming from. If I didn't have to worry about where my life money was coming from, then perhaps I could use more of the money I have to take care of the people that I love. Sure, retiring is a long way for me. I mean, I'm at 0% savings right now. But that can change. No, that will change. It sounds like I need to start by bringing in more income so that I can save, which all ties back to actually putting myself out there and asking for that raise during my one-year review. It's interesting. Don and Pete are both retired, yet they approach retirement so differently. What they have in common, however, is that they both decided that they wanted to retire in order for it to happen. They didn't just expect it to happen. They worked for it. What an interesting concept. Setting your intentions to work so that you can rest. I'm going to have a lot more to share during therapy this week. Anyone down to meet up for a sunset picnic after work? 
Oh, I've been inside all day. Count me in. I'm still finishing up a casting call, but I can be free within the next hour. That cool? Yeah, sounds good. I'll drop a pin so you both can find me. I set up a nice little food and beverage situation, so you don't need to bring anything except yourselves. Okay, I'm going to see you soon. Peace. Let's do it. Jojo, oh my goodness. This is gorgeous. Where did you get all these pillows? Right? And look at all this food. Wait, is that Tapo Chico? You know my heart. You even got us some expensive wine. Wait a sec. Did you bring this from home? <laughs> yes, I did. It's one of the bottles you have stored for wine nights. I figured it was a special occasion. I'll allow it. So, what's the special occasion? Honestly, y'all are the occasion. Aww. No, honestly, you both have really supported me, encouraged me, pushed me, and overall helped me understand how important it is to have amazing friends. Friends who can tell you when you're being shitty, and friends who will also be there for you at your lowest points. I love you both so much. We love you too. Before the sun sets completely, I'd like to make a toast. To Lola and Jay, you are the sun and the water to my seedling. Thank you for helping me grow. Cheers! So, you two, any updates for me? What do you mean? She's most definitely talking about the kiss. I know, but I wanted her to say it. Duh, I'm talking about the kiss. Tell me everything. There's not much to tell. But not in a bad way. We're just still figuring it out. But you like each other. Yes. And did you kiss the day after the gardening? Yes. Perfect. That's all I needed to know. But what about you? How has work been? It's going really well, actually. You know, my one-year review is coming up. So I'm thinking about asking for a raise. Jojo, that's amazing. Thank you. I really feel good about it. Honestly, I just feel like things might actually be turning around for me. Do you think therapy has had anything to do with this? I mean, a hundred percent. It feels so obvious to say now, but I had no idea how much money impacted my mentality and my emotions. I feel like I moved here without a sense of how my self-image was attached to money. Lindsay said something really interesting in our session this week. She said, in general, our relationship with money shows up in three, three main, main places. places. It shows up in the way we think. So that's those anxious thoughts that make it hard for us to sleep or that make us worried that our friends are going to judge us. They show up in the way we feel. So the emotions that we have around money, be it confused or overwhelmed or sad or avoidant, and then it shows up in our behaviors how much we spend, how much we save, whether we do or don't contribute to retirement, whether we feel it's important to buy a house or we like and prefer to rent. But those are the three different areas that we see money stuff come up. So where do you feel like your relationship with money was most impacted? Thoughts, feelings, or actions? I feel like all three. Actions for when I was overspending and couldn't afford to go on the trip Feelings for when my mom told me I had to step up for the family, and thoughts just in general. 
My thoughts around money weren't educated. I wasn't informed, but now working it out with Lindsay, I realized that I was allowing my financial status and ignorance to be a disease in my life. I was letting my overspending poison me. And I already feel like I'm getting closer to becoming financially well. Hmm. So what does financial wellness mean in this context? The way Lindsay describes it, Financial wellness is understanding the literacy, understanding how money works, but applying it to yourself in a way that is sustainable and in alignment with your values. And what that does is it gives you the capacity to practice financial self-care, to be able to take care of yourself financially. And that means that then you can afford to practice other areas of self-care, emotional self-care, financial self-care, obviously, spiritual self-care. What we want to be doing is not just optimizing for the best way to save money, but we want to be doing things that are sustainable and that are tailored to you, knowing that there will inevitably be moments in your life where financial hiccups arise, whether they are more personal, like you forgot to budget for something and you have to ask your mom for a little bit of help with rent, or whether they are external, like you get laid off or whether inflation keeps going up. So financial wellness gives us the ability to kind of weather the storm and to make money work for us. I think I'm finally at the point where I want my money to work for me. Well, we can most certainly cheers to that. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So, if you were to use three adjectives to describe how you felt when you first got here and how you feel now, what would you say? Hmm, okay. So before, delusional, indulgent, irresponsible. Now, humbled, grounded, focused. Next time on Sense in the City. Sounds amazing. It was actually Stefan's idea that we should go. Oh, so this is a date. No. So you just straight up asked this man what his salary is. I sure did. And he told me. Thanks for listening to Sense in the City, a Spotify original production workshopped as part of the Spotify Podcast Accelerator program. And a special thanks to this episode's real-life money experts. During our coaching session, we spoke with Peter Adeny, popularly known as Mr. Money Mustache, also the founder and writer of the Mr. Money Mustache blog. Also in this episode, we heard from Lindsay Brian Podbin, LMSW certified financial therapist and author of the Financial Anxiety Solution Workbook. You can find Pete at MrMoneyMustache.com and work with Lindsay online by visiting MindMoneyBalance.com. Lots of love to our incredible team of voice actors. The role of Lola is played by Ashley J. Hobbs, a two-times NAACP Image Award-winning producer and writer. The role of Jay is played by Kadeem Ali Harris, known for Amazon Prime's Harlem and the Showtime series City on a Hill. You can join Ashley online at ashleyjh.com and connect with Kadeem on Instagram at K-A-D-E-E-M-A-L-I-H-A-R-R-I-S. The role of Stefan, the co-worker, is played by Jay Douglas, 
and the role of Auntie Dawn is played by Nicole Henderson. Sense in the City is hosted and created by me, Oleinka Sarayi. I'm also the voice of Jojo. Our writer and supervising creative producer is Frida Lucas. Mixing and sound design by Michael Hardman. Original music by Soundboard. Production support by Kelly Kyle, Casey Simonson, and Raymond Rodriguez. From Spotify, our executive producers are Paige Heimson, James Zumwalt, Grace Delia, and Natalie Tulla. Additional production support by Shirley Ramos. Follow Sense in the City on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast to get new episodes every Wednesday.